This is the Reset MD podcast. We welcome you to join in on our conversations with fellow physicians. Many of us in medicine reach a point in our careers where we want to make a change, hit a reset button. Wouldn't it be nice to have some guidance from colleagues who'd been there too and have pearls of wisdom to share? These well-being conversations will cover a range of topics, thriving in medicine, physician health, burnout prevention, work-life integration, practice optimization, advocacy, and support. And we'll just have some fun doing it. Listen in and start your reset. Welcome back to the Reset MD podcast. I'm Marion McCrary, one of the co-creators of the podcast, and have the special pleasure today to have two guests. They are a, a family medicine physician duo who are doing some interesting things out there in the world. So I want to introduce you to Dr. Danielle Shelton and Dr. Michelle Seguin. Welcome to the podcast. It's so good to be here. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. It hasn't um, happened too much that we've had uh, a panel on the podcast. So if we spend some time kind of getting to know each of you first, and then we may start to move into what you're doing together, if that's okay. They're pointing at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could go first. Um, So I'm Danielle, and I live in Southeast Georgia. I'm a native New Yorker. So I got into family medicine um, mostly because they were the physicians I rotated who seemed happiest and saw their families the most. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that was kind of the draw for me. And I also loved everything from surgery to um, obstetrics to um, following people for, you know, their life and seeing families and kids. And um, it was just really hard to choose. I think family is a great option for people who are like, I like everything and I want to see my children. (laughs) Um, So that's, that was kind of my roundabout way into, to family and, and then into medicine in general. So I don't come from a medical background at all. My dad was a restaurateur in New York and my mom was a stay at home mom. And then also a kindergarten teacher. Um, periodically. So, um, so medicine was not necessarily in my genetics, um, but I always loved science and biology. And that was kind of what propelled me towards, towards medicine in general. And um, I really wanted to, I know it sounds so cheesy and I think all doctors say that, but help people. And I thought like the easiest way to do that was to have an MD, you know, you go to foreign countries, you have an MD, it just like opens so many doors. Um, So that was kind of why medicine, as opposed to uh, other things. And then, um, and then kind of how I got into like lifestyle um, medicine was you know, my dad, I grew up with my dad going to all these really awesome restaurants in New York and he had all these chef friends and, um, I just loved food and always thought that food should, should taste good. Right. Like that was just the underlying theme. And it was like an adventure and a cultural experience. And, um, my dad's Japanese actually. So, um, it was, you know, and my mom's Italian. So we always had good food growing up. (laughs) Um, so getting out of residency, because I feel like you can't really think in residency, at least I couldn't, I need much more sleep than that. <laughs> um, you know, I had this revelation that 
you know, whether somebody had diabetes or high blood pressure um, or heart attacks, like our basic platform, like if you look at all the, you know, the literature, it's always like lifestyle changes. And then it quickly goes into metformin or, you know, amylodipine or something else. Right. But like, that's always that like one line is lifestyle modification first. Um, and I realized that like, I didn't know how to tell my patients, like, you know, I'd be like, okay, you need to change your diet and exercise. And then they had the audacity to ask me follow-up questions, <laughs> you know, how much salt can I take in? What kind of exercise is best? You know, what about these supplements? And I was like, well, I don't know any of those answers. <laughs> um, and it was just like, I was like, okay, so maybe I can find somebody else who knows those answers and just send you to them. You know, and there's dietitians, but there's tons of, um, you know, things you have to jump through. You have to have diabetes or renal disease before you can even really step foot in there if you want your um, insurance to pay for it. And then it was like, okay, so that's not going to work. Maybe they have like healthy, you know, cooking classes somewhere. And um, I live in a, like a small town that's, you know, pretty rural. And it's like the, it's the poorest city in Georgia. Um, it's next to like the richest zip code in Georgia, which is like over a causeway. Um, Sea Island in Brunswick, it's a very weird dichotomy, but um, the classes that I found were like $65 a person. I was like, well, you can't go to that. You know, the majority of my patients can't afford that. Um, so what's the alternative? And, you know, I married a chef, which is all kind of tied into all of this. Um, so I was talking to my brother one day and like lamenting and like, you know, dad always made food that tastes good. And I can't tell people to eat um, steamed broccoli for the rest of their life. It just sounds miserable. I don't want to eat that. Um, but they need to do something. And he was just like, well, why don't you just make it? And I was like, what? <laughs> like it had never occurred to me that that could, that could happen. So, um, so clean your plate was formed, which is a nonprofit that we use to teach, um, uh, patients and eventually doctors would come a little bit later, um, nutrition and lifestyle medicine. Um, and I got to work with dietitians and diabetic educators and all these and physical therapists and all these people in medical school who I never even, um, spoke to, you know, I know like dietitians did TPN and I'd like press the little button and they'd come and give TPN to my patient. <laughs> and that was like the end. Um, and you know, you'd press a little button and they'd come give your patient diabetic education so you could discharge them. But I had never actually spoken to them or interacted with them. Um, and it was just, it was like super eye-opening. And through all this, this is a long story, but through all this, um, I also learned that, you know, and I saw myself, you know, some burnout, right? Like attending life was supposed to be like the good life. Um, you know, you'd worked your entire life to get to this point. It was supposed to be like, oh, you know, the heavens open. Medicine is like wonderful and you can sleep in. Clearly I like sleep, but <laughs> <laughs> you could exercise, you can start, restart a hobby, right? It was like all these things. Um, and then I just felt so pressured in those 15 minutes, you know, it's like, you know, patients have a laundry list of issues. You want to really counsel them, but there's this quota, right? That you have to see um, just to stay employed <laughs> and not get disciplinary action. So it was just like, you know, I thought medicine was gonna be so amazing and that's what burnout is, right? It's like this disconnect between, um, you know, what you think it should be or how you think you should practice and then what the reality is. That's kind of 
an oversimplification, but you know, I recognized that in myself. Um, and then I started doing research on that and it was like 400 physicians a year, 300 to 400 physicians a year commit suicide. And we have the highest rate of burnout of any profession controlling for education um, and socioeconomic status and what's happening to us. Um, so it was like those two things, like I wanted something better for myself and then my patients. Um, and that was kind of how, um, you know, clean your plate evolved. And then, and then I met Michelle and we created something together, but I'll let her introduce herself first. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so much fun. I want to dig into there. Uh, and so many words of wisdom, but I definitely would love to have Michelle introduce herself and then we can start a dialogue. Great. Thank you so much. Um, every time I hear Danielle's story, it's, it's, I pull out more and more wisdom and inspiration from it. It's really exciting to meet people who are like-minded and looking to make uh, transformational change uh, in their, the lives of their patients and their communities with them among our colleagues. And so, yeah, it's really amazing. Um, but I, about me, I, um, so I am a board certified family medicine physician as well. Um, I grew up in a rural community in upper Michigan. Um, and similarly, you know, to many of us who go into family medicine, uh, really just love the idea of being able to build relationships, uh, with my patients. And so, you know, being, and especially seeing that in a rural community, you know, throughout my rotations, um, really had a profound impact on on me, you know, seeing, being able to take care of families and um, a community uh, really felt like um, an honor and a privilege truly, you know, to be able to, to do that and make a change in, you know, the lives of the people that are your neighbors and, you know, your, your friends. And so um, that was really very appealing to me. And um, I went to medical school at Michigan State's College of Human Medicine, and they had a rural physician training program. So, you know, I was basically doing the majority of my clinical rotations in a rural community. So that is what I saw, and I really uh, loved it and admired it. Um, and then as far as, you know, getting into medicine in general, um, I also do not come from a medical or healthcare uh, family or, or background. Um, I'm a first-generation college student. Uh, my father was a woodworker, you know, we came from a pretty modest uh, upbringing and, uh, you know, just always really loved science, uh, curious, compassionate, uh, caring person. And medicine seemed like a, a really good fit to me. Uh, but I'll say I didn't really feel like I could do it. You know, I didn't have role models. I didn't have people in my life that had gone that path. Uh, but I had a lot of really supportive teachers in my life and, and adults, um, you know, who cared about me and, uh, you know, gave me that confidence. And so you really can't underestimate, you know, the power of a caring adult in the life of a child. And I really have such admiration for uh, educators and teachers and uh, the influence they can have on people's lives. Um, and so um, after I finished my residency, um, my husband and I retur returned to the small community in Upper Michigan where we met and went to college. And I joined a federally qualified health center and started, uh, you know, a full-time practice as an outpatient family physician and, you know, built a practice up pretty quickly um, and just immediately was met with 
you know, profound amount of chronic disease, right? I mean, as we all see, especially in primary care. Um, and I think, you know, similarly to Danielle, I felt ill-equipped to help people make lifestyle changes, to prevent chronic disease, to reverse chronic disease. Um, you know, we come out of training with a really strong, uh, you know, disease management, you know, chronic disease management um, training, and also, you know, acute interventions when someone's having a, you know, an heart failure exacerbation or a diabetic complication. You know, we have a lot of tools to help us in those kind of crisis situations, but I just felt like all I could do was continue to refill medications, tell people to, you know, eat better, move more. And that just wasn't um, working for them. It wasn't working for me. And so, um, you know, I started looking for ways to gain that knowledge, you know, because it wasn't something that I was exposed to in medical school or in residency. Uh, so uh, like others, and as we discussed prior to the podcast, you know, I look for conferences, I look for, you know, ways that I could connect with other people. And um, I took, you know, the first you know, three, four years out of residency to really just do some exploration. You know, I went to conferences about, you know, that were focused on lifestyle medicine. I learned about culinary medicine. Um, I went to integrative and functional medicine conferences. I just wanted to see, you know, what was out there. Um, and I, you know, the, just the variety of different ways that we could help people make uh, personalized lifestyle changes. And one thing that came across to me that was really intriguing um, was the concept of a produce prescription program. And so working in a federally qualified health center, in addition to the chronic disease that I saw, I also learned firsthand about the social determinants of health through my patients, you know, through their lives and their stories uh, that they shared with me in the exam room. And so not only did I feel like I didn't have the knowledge to help people make lifestyle changes, I needed to learn more about that, but I also saw there were so many barriers for people making those changes. And Danielle touched on that as well in terms of education and outreach, you know, these things aren't covered by insurance. Um, and I saw, you know, people making all kinds of trade-offs in their life, you know, having to choose between, you know, more healthy food and paying their heating bill in the winter or getting their prescription filled. And so um, I was really, intrigued by a produce prescription program because it helped bridge access and education, um, you know, in a way that um, helped kind of mitigate some of those uh, social determinants of health in terms of food insecurity. Um, and so that was a really you know, pivotal experience for me. And while I was looking at, you know, finding a grant and funding for that and implementing it in my clinic, I just started looking for other people who were doing similar things. Uh, and that's how I connected with Danielle. Uh, she had just founded her culinary medicine nonprofit. And that was really exciting to me because I'm like, wow, here's another doctor, like in a small town doing something similar. And she had experience and knowledge um, you know, that I, I didn't have, I was really interested in like, how do you make, how do you implement these classes? You know, I was looking at like, how can I connect my patients with farmers and get them the access to the food? But I also wanted education. I knew that the two needed to be married, um, to really have a synergistic effect on my patients. And so, um, like a lot of, uh, we always say like, <laughs> millennials and millennial doctors we met on Instagram. Um, and it's been really amazing. And I think, you know, we can get a little bit into that too, but, you know, technology just has the way to 
has a way of being, you know, to connecting people from all over. And um, I think it, that's really exciting. And to see that coming into medicine and healthcare uh, is really exciting too. So I will, I will leave it there and we can, we can go, go on. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love both of your stories. And this podcast is not about me, but I, I just want to say there's so many parallels. Uh, I grew up in a rural town, first generation doctor came into primary care. I do internal medicine and, and found myself at times, as Danielle said, just like, I'm ordering this, somebody else is going to take care of it, or they're going to do that. I don't really understand how to kind of help people in this way, but this person does. And I wanted education. I sought out training as a health and wellness coach, because what was me telling my patients, you need to do this because of this wasn't getting the results. And so I needed to kind of have a different language, a different way of interacting with them, a different skill to be able to help them get to where they want to be. And I found out about that at a preventive medicine conference, same time I first went to a culinary medicine workshop um, and was and kind of blown away. Like you said, this is amazing. How can we do this? How can we do more of this? And I love that you all have kind of brought the education piece, the access piece, the you know, the public advocacy piece to this. And there's so many aspects of this. I think um, you had mentioned the word, uh, you know, transformational change. And that's really what you're talking about is how can we reach people, help them. And then also, I think, kind of keep that excitement for yourself in medicine. It's, it's something that you're passionate about and it feeds you and it continues to help you um, be able to do the things in your day-to-day that are more chronic that are more challenging um, and to bring this in and see some of these changes that you could help with patients and education for students and physicians and and patients as well. So thank you for that. So I, I'd love to you know dig into some of those aspects um, that you talked about and and Danielle, you said somebody came to you and said, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just make it? And I'm, I'm curious, as you've stepped into these roles and starting to develop these, I, I hear the passion behind it. You know, what else has helped you really be able to make these pivots and resets in um, your day-to-day? Um, and what has that led to for you? That's a big question, but I'll, I'll let you guys dig into that. So um, for me, the barrier of entry was a little bit lower. So my brother is actually an attorney. So he filed all the paperwork. <laughs> He was like, I will file all the paperwork and all the stuff you need. Um, You're just, you know, you have to, you're the boots on the ground. Um, So sometimes I think for physicians, and this is kind of where Michelle and I um, collaborated and then eventually formed Rethink Health. I think that there's such a high barrier of entry for us because we are busy humans, right? And we have spent our life in school, but it was definitely not in business management, right? Or anything related to creating um, our own, our own niche of, um, in the world or entrepreneurship. Right. But we have like these great ideas and we actually, you know, I was complaining about our EMR and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is made by somebody who has literally never stepped foot in a clinic. Like, you know, that they have no idea what goes into that. And it's like, you know, I know that physicians have a lot to contribute to the world at large. It's just that we are so distracted and so busy and the barrier of entry is so high that we just kind of keep going. Right. In our day to day. So I think that's one of the major things that um, Michelle and I 
um, really learned, like even in our friendship, was that like I would ask her questions and she would know these answers that, you know, would take me so much longer to research or I'd have to do trial and error. And I'd have to really like, you know, dig in and it would waste so much time. Um, and maybe I just couldn't do that. But if I could, if we could just have this community where we could ask each other questions, um, you know, kind of like we're doing right now, right? Where we just talk to one another and like, hey, what are you doing in your community? How'd you start a podcast? What is, what does it look like to patent something? Um, you know, if we could have those dialogues, like how different medicine would be um, if we really became entrepreneurs and took ownership of it, because I, I don't think physicians own medicine, right? Like at all. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't, we don't have the opportunity to learn that in our training. There's so many things packed in. There's some things that we have to learn outside of that training for ourselves and, and having that community of physicians that you can bounce ideas off of, learn from each other, teach each other. You know, that really sounds like um, something we all should invest in. Yes, because it, it frees you and it makes you think deeper and harder and dream bigger. Um, and that's what, that's what I think just cl creating clean your plate and then talking to other people outside of our field. Like I'd never talked to PTs or, um, you know, big community leaders, right. People who ran the farmer's markets or, um, taught yoga. Like I had never talked to them about what community health looks like or, um, thought about policy or, you know, I talk to senators on a regular basis now, um, but I'd never done that before creating Clean Your Plate or, or speaking with Michelle, um, you know, and, and also I think with all this comes a lot of humility and, and knowing what you're not good at and, and like being okay to sit with that and be like, okay, you know, Michelle is so much smarter than me in so many ways. And I love that. And I'm shaking her head, but it's true. <laughs> and, you know, and I think surrounding yourself with, I think in medicine, we get, you know, I think we're so used to being pimped and like, you're not good enough and having imposter syndrome that we're so quick to like protect ourselves from like, I don't know the answer to that. You know, you're like, I'm going to hide that. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but I think if you can sit with the things that you don't know and ask for help um, and look for those, um, that intelligence in somebody else, whether that's a business partner or the dietitian or whatever it is, um, you know, I think we'd be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many like taglines there <laughs> that we're going to dig into, but you're dreaming big. That was one of them. Um, being brave, stepping out of your comfort zone. And then looking for allies, people who can be on your team and build that community. And again, going back to that teaching and learning from each other. So I love that. And Michelle, you were kind of shaking your head. Yes <laughs> or no, depending on what Danielle said. Yes. I mean, I think I, I agree with everything that Danielle uh, has shared here and in, in terms of, you know, stepping outside the box, right. And thinking about and and having the curiosity and the bravery to think, rethink <laughs> your situation and our circumstances, uh, recognizing that healthcare uh, in medicine is beyond the four walls of our clinics and it's out into our communities. And whether that is the community that we live in and we practice in uh, or the community among our colleagues. And I think that was really 
one of, you know, the big drivers for us to think about, like, how could we create a space like that? Um, and how can it be something that will promote collaboration among our colleagues? It will promote well-being among ourselves and our colleagues. Um, it'll help, you know, promote health in our patients. Um, and so for me, that's really where I feel like, you know, Rethink Health was where it was born. And I'd love to hear a little bit more from both of you about what Rethink Health does and how folks can participate in that if they're interested. Absolutely. I'll get us started and then I'll kick it over to Danielle. Um, but Rethink Health is a, a virtual co-learning community for healthcare prof professionals. So it's an educational platform uh, that is used to promote evidence-based lifestyle medicine uh, education, culinary medicine education, but also collaboration among our peers. So we have, you know, this virtual space that is, you know, uh, closed to just healthcare professionals so that, you know, you can share and learn from one another. Um, it's an app, so it's easy to use. You can uh, access the content on the go, uh, and um, you have the option to opt in for CME credit. So it's a it's a much more modern approach uh, to gaining some of that education, uh, and especially as we think about the impact of you know the pandemic on uh, you know experiences and travel. It's just really nice to be able to have something that you can access uh, on the go and it fits in your lifestyle. So that's kind of the, the basic of the platform. And I'll, I'll kick it over to Danielle to kind of share more about like the vision for the community and where we're headed. So um, one of the things that kind of doing clean your plate and educational um, activities for physicians, I realized is that we have lost the ability to be like curious, adventurous, and creative in medicine. Um, you know, it's like education and CME just like checks these like five boxes, right? And it's like, all right, good. It's like just something else to do and another paperwork and another form to fill out. And, um, but you know, we're all, we're all nerds. Like we love things that are scientific and gritty and interesting. You know, I'm sure we all grew up on Discovery Channel or National Geographic and you know, we spent hours looking at things under microscopes and where, you know, and, and we lost that ability to, to take from the natural world and learn and just be engaged with that learning. Um, so what we hope that Rethink Health is, is not just a box to check, but it's something that you log on to and, and you get to learn from your peers in a really interesting and creative way. Um, and then it speaks to you, right? And it's, you know, sometimes academic medicine is far removed from like the practice of medicine. Um, so what is that link between like these, you know, research um, objectives and how that fits into your busy clinic, you know, with a patient who has limited resources, how do you translate that down to them? Um, and I think that's, that's what we're trying to, trying to be is, is that conduit of education, not just from academia to physicians, but physicians then to patients. Mm. Um, and, you know, Michelle and I always talk about, I think, and I, we said it um, earlier, it's just like, what would medicine look like if we talked to one another? <laughs> like, can you imagine what it would look like if we just 
chatted and shared experiences and shared our knowledge and supported one another um, in things that we did outside of our clinic. Like, what does that look like? I mean, Michelle has helped me plan every conference that, you know, that took root and we didn't even know each other. I was just like, hey, can I run this idea by you? <laughs> you know, and it was like so awesome to find somebody else. And I think, you know, I've ran into a lot of obstacles and a lot of people telling me no when I created Clean Your Plate or like, this is a dumb idea. We don't, you know, and a lot of that is administration and, you know, patients were for it, like from the moment I said it, you know, and my biggest advocates were not other physicians either. Um, they were, you know, the dietitians and the diabetic educators and the physical therapists and, um, you know, they are all for it. But, I, you know, I don't know where Clean Your Plate would have been if I hadn't spoken to Michelle or, you know, if I hadn't had that one person who is like, this is a good idea. This is what medicine needs. This is what your patients need. Sometimes you just need somebody in your corner. Um, and I think that we're just so isolated as physicians, um, whether that's in our own communities and our own health systems, or that's like nationally or even internationally. Um, you know, and we've, we've spoken to so many cool people doing so many cool things. Um, just through the, through Rethink Health. And um, it's just been amazing to say, you know, what if we could just aggregate all that knowledge together? I love that. You just need someone to encourage you and patients need someone to encourage them. And that is it. So, you know, we're human just like they are. And so when we have these things that may feel a little hard or there may be some barriers or we may not have the confidence we need someone in our corner who's going to be our cheerleader. And that's and that kind of goes full circle in this way that you're talking about. And that's what I love with talking to, to folks about their stories or, or coaching someone or just helping them kind of brainstorm and think of all the possibilities. That's what you all are doing uh, is giving people that curiosity back, that, uh, that ability to just have some interest in something and explore it. And I can't wait to check it out. I, I'm really excited about it. And I know you're doing, um, you know, you're planning to do some different types of things in the future that are still part of this big dream of getting people together in person and daggum COVID in the middle of all, you know, all of this. But as we were talking about earlier, you know, uh, before we started recording is that if COVID hadn't happened again, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be kind of doing things on Zoom that, that, um, I would have just been having my like practice meetings there and that was it. So this has been really a way to be curious in a different way and create that community of other physicians, other healthcare team members um, to really um, to really explore these things in a different way than we possibly could before. Yes, completely. I think, you know, it's so easy to, to there's so many negative things for COVID, but, you know, telehealth has emerged, right? Like, um, and it's really given people access to healthcare that maybe didn't have access before. It's made it better, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways, right? Um, things like, you know, Rethink Health, like this podcast, you know, there's just so many good things that have come from that pressure, right? It's a pressure cooker. And, and what you get out of that is what, you know, if you can pivot, if you can think creatively, if you can maneuver yourself, um, mm -hmm. you know, that those are, those are, the things in life that kind of lead to the biggest changes, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
So I'd love to do just a little um, fun uh, rapid fire questions. And so you both could please weigh in. <laughs> so um, what's on your what's on your nightstands? What are you reading? What are you watching or consuming in <laughs> that way too? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually, <laughs> I'm trying to read more novels. So I, <laughs> I find that I spend so much of my day reading research and things that are medical that I really enjoy just bringing back some fiction into my life. And <laughs> so um, I'm actually rereading uh, Where the Crawdads Sing again. Um, but this is uh, one of the connections I have to Georgia or to the low country, the coastal southeast um I love that area as well and so I'm just I'm reading that right now <laughs> that's perfect that's perfect I love reading for fun <laughs> and uh and that escapism in a way to kind of just read about somebody else's adventures and imagine yourself there and then I'm actually so I too have made a pact to myself that I'm going to read more that's so funny um because I I used to be like an avid reader and then I don't know. You lose, I think, yourself in medical school and residency a little bit. Um, but so I'm currently reading This Time Tomorrow, and it's actually, um, there's a little time travel in it. <laughs> but um, it's about this woman who really all she wants to do is spend more time with her dad um, and kind of prevent him from being ill. So it's like a really interesting um, look at what that, what that looks like and how she tries to affect um, the future. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Kind of come back to that little preventative care <laughs> as we talk about it in primary. Yeah, she care. takes away his cigarettes and his, <laughs> his coke. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. And and thinking about kind of um dreams for you all, what's something you might have on a bucket list that you'd love to check off in the next couple of years? Um, I'd really like to do more travel. I think, you know, that's something that um, I really didn't have a chance to do earlier in my life. I just, it wasn't something within our, our, um, our home life. And so I would really like to travel more potentially internationally. And I'd like to share that with my son. So he'll be turning four in October. And that's an experience that I want him to have as part of his childhood. Um, I, I'm like, I would mirror that too. I love, I love traveling. Um, I'm trying to think what would be the biggest thing for me in the next couple of years. I mean, honestly, I think um, it is really seeing Rethink Health take off. I'm going to be <laughs> totally transparent. <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't say that that wasn't true. And I just want to meet um, more physicians and more, um, more healthcare providers across the country and just kind of learn from them. And, um, and that involves travel. Like I love traveling. It's, it's been in my, that's, you know, that's one reason I went to a Caribbean medical school is because I had a year, you could live a year in London. That was like sold who even needs anything else. Um, so, um, so it's always kind of been in my blood. Um, but I would love to, um, do that with like a medical, um, kind of, slant like I love learning about other cultures and other food and that's you know really for my dad too um and you know my my vision and goal is that we think would help us to do that and to really like talk to people about um why they make certain you know dishes or cuisines and 
So what I hope to do in the next few years is definitely 100% travel more. I'm with Michelle. Um, that is one of the things I enjoy most about life. And a patient the other day asked me, because we were talking about traveling, and, and he was like, oh, you know, you travel a lot. And I was like, that's one of the reasons I work. You know, it's like, I just, I love to go places and to d- discover, like, um, the quirky nature of things. And, you know, when my husband and I travel um, with our daughter. We don't necessarily go to, like, the popular restaurants. We're trying to find some mom and pop things. And, um, you know, I think that's from my dad taking me to all these random places where you could meet the chefs and um, really discover a lot about the cuisine. And I think that people, you know, who cook things are so fascinating. And I hope that, you know, rethink health kind of, kind of takes us there, um, that that evolution um, propels us forward to meet more physicians and more um, chefs and just, um, you know, becomes this really cool, creative, creative venture. I see uh, Rethink Health going international <laughs> in that way with you all in your, in your travels <laughs> as well. I mean, how cool would it be to learn about the Mediterranean diet in the Mediterranean? Uh-huh. This is where, this is where that started, that the dream is happening now. <laughs> it's on record. It's on record. <laughs> and you, you both have talked, um, during our, our conversation today about things that have have been helpful for you and your well-being, uh, things that kind of really fire you up. And I'm curious as we finish up, if there are things that we haven't touched on that are really paramount for you to be able to, to keep yourself where you want to be in your wellness and being able to do the things that you want to do in the day to day of taking care of patients and then expanding the stream of rethink health into all the aspects that it could touch. What keeps you going? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I've really worked to have to include one thing every day that is just for me. And I know that sounds kind of uh, selfish at first glance, but it really is important, even if it's just for a few minutes, that you're doing something that is a priority to you and also is just for you. Uh, And I found that even more so in in motherhood uh, and And I think that is something important to me. And I just said the other thing that I do that is important is I have a gratitude practice. And I think I like to take um, a few moments. It's usually in the evening before bed, just to take, just to recognize what I'm grateful for in my life. Uh, Because I think that um, gratitude is kind of the the seed of um, abundance in our life and um, opportunities and success. And so um, I think gratitude is a big part of that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so actually, while you were saying, before you said anything, Michelle, I wrote time for myself. <laughs> it's not selfish. Um, yep. And I think that that is something that I just learned in, in residency and then again in, um, you know, in attending life is that, you know, I was super exhausted, super, um, you know, just out of sorts if I exercised. And if I didn't exercise, I was the same too but I always felt better after exercising. So I think taking those like little things um, for ourselves and just committing to them. Um, and then one other thing is, you know, when, when 
creating something out of nothing is hard, right? Like we can gloss over it and there's like lots of passion and, um, but you know, you know, it's like your life is busy and then you add one more thing that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, especially if you're kind of building the plane in the air. Um, but I think one of the things, and I'll speak for Michelle on this too, is that, you know, our hope is that this isn't as hard for the people who come after us, like that we create something that makes that once again, just lowers that bar so that other people don't have to work as hard or try as hard um, to get through all of it. So I think, you know, that's one of the things that just keeps me going is just, um, you know, I want something better for myself, but I also want something better for the people who come after that that's so powerful. And, and, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, we could have learned these things and applied it for ourselves. And, and it was that education that we love We're we're bettering ourselves, we're gaining more knowledge. But once you've kind of figured out how important that can be for you, we want to share it. And that's our, that's our heart as caregivers, that we want to be able to help other people. As you were talking about, why'd you come into medicine? I want to help people. And it's hard for us not to do that. So we have to do that in a way that that really can support other people, but then remember that we've got to take care of ourselves first to be able to do that. So I think your, your practices, your ideas, all the things that you we've talked about today really just come for full circle and come back and support what you're talking about. But helping it not be so hard for the people that come after us, I think is is really something to think about in all that we do and how we can make it easier for ourselves, make it easier for them um, and everybody win-win. And I'll put in the show notes how for everyone to find you at Rethink Health and individually. And it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today. And I hope that what you're putting out in the world will continue to expand and help so many people. And I look forward to being one of your followers along the way. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been, um, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it's been such a joy to spend this time together. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks for listening in on this conversation at Reset MD. If you'd like to reach out to us and continue the conversation for well-being, email us at resetmdpodcast at gmail.com.